late bloomer, which I would recommend to anybody. I was going to ask, yeah. are you a late bloomer in other aspects? 100%. We're a family of late bloomers. How does one achieve their dreams when they don't have the resources or the means to get to their goal? This episode is a Behind the Clothes special on Perrin Allen. Behind the Clothes is a series I created under my Mix with Black brand where I spotlight black fashion designers through the medium of video. It was through those videos that I was inspired to create the Late Bloomer podcast because I wanted people to hear the inspiring conversations I was having with these artists in their entirety rather than just three minutes of it. I can't wait for you to hear Perrin's story because he is the epitome of Southern gentleman with a twist of grit or how he likes to put it, blessed and highly flavored. I'm thrilled that you agreed to do this. I found your Instagram page and I was like, oh my God, this is, I need to talk to him. I want to speak to him. I want to get to know him. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So let's start out by first, I would like you to tell me one random fact about yourself. One random fact. When I was a little boy, I used to play with dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That is random. It was like on my mind because I was talking to a friend of mine. He used to be a coworker, Mm. uh, a colleague. He still is a good friend. Um, He texts me almost every day. And he told me that he had sisters and he never really explained to me what their names were. And I said, what are your sister's names? And he sent me a picture of his two sisters and him playing doll, playing with dolls when he was a little boy. And I was like, wait a minute. I used to do that too, but I used to hide and do that because the idea of me becoming a fashion designer until I got the internship at Vera Wang and then Vera Wang offered me a job. And then he was like, maybe he's on to something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> maybe this is real. So, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned briefly, but if you could say it again, where are you from originally? Mississippi, Lexington, Mississippi. When's the last time you were in Mississippi? My husband and I, we, uh, we, Against all odds, we put on masks. So this past Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. During COVID. Oh, my God. (laughs) How was that? It was good. It was, we had a great time. Uh, The thing is, we tried to be as like social distance as as possible. And at the family house, we had on our masks the entire time. We just tried to stay apart from each other as much as possible. And then often going out outside like ride taking a road trip just me and him just like separating ourselves from them for a while that kind of a thing and then we also like in Mississippi people are still like eating inside and then there was like options like eating outside but whenever there was an option to eat outside we did do that but people were pretty lax about like putting on their masks like in public but my sisters they were all about it because I have a a sister that's a nurse and a social worker and they were like oh we can't get sick so they knew what the deal was and we were pretty much protected and we got tested before we went and tested when we got back okay good how do you feel about new york and us opening up into our indoor dining i'm a little reluctant to join that party because i feel like things could still go down i've already had my husband and i we've already had covid i'm a firm believer that i gave it to him because like right before the pandemic hit in march last year i was still going into the office and i wasn't really wearing a mask and everything and then a colleague of mine had gone out of the country then came back and i think that was the way that i got it because they ended up having coronavirus as well (laughs) I was gonna ask you the question I wanted to ask have you been going into the office like just have you stopped going to the office at a point or are you just continuously (laughs) going to the office since like ever continuously going to the office so I was on furlough I also talk about this in my blog but I, I was on furlough like starting in April last year like the latter part of March and, and for that entire time up until July, I was just at home, chilling, making face masks, designing stuff, doing my own thing, working on my blog. And then I wasn't really certain if I was going to be called back. But luckily, I was like one of the few people who were called back in July, like after the 4th of July had happened, the holiday mm-hmm. uh, was a blessing. And I'm back at my full time job. <laughs> but like you mentioned, like we have the people on my team, we've been going in every day since and every once in a while we'll say oh let's just work from home on Thursday and Friday or just Friday and so we've been working at home 
doing that. But I find it hard to work from home because I can, oh, I can find myself like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to clean that. And so next thing you know, I'm, I'm washing dishes or doing laundry instead of doing the job. <laughs> but that happens. <laughs> So I was noodling around your website and and I want to know what exactly does blessed and highly flavored mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I guess I was watching something on television and then I was like, oh, everybody's be talking about. And then just like people in general, like people in my church back home in Mississippi, they would always say I'm blessed and happy. A favorite or whatever. I'm sure you've heard of that. But then I'm been in my head. I'm like flavored. That's really cool because I, I have a bit of sass to me, a bit of taste, a little soul. Why not say flavor? <laughs> okay, I dig it. I dig it. A little ke- a little Creole Ketri seasoning on the top of uh, what, <laughs> what I got going on. <laughs> how long have you been designing? And not even professionally. Just like how long have just like picking up a sewing machine? Oh, or- Oh, wow. oh my god it's so hard to say because I feel like all my life would be like finding a pencil or a crayon or something and just drawing on like the walls and finding some spare paper drawing in books all, I was always drawing <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I mean I got spankings for drawing on the wall but I was like all about it and I used to spread paper out on the floor and then just sit on my lay down on my stomach and just draw mm. with my knees up just like right on the floor and uh, I used to have paper all over every place and just, just go at it. And I remember my mom and my mother and, and my father, they were teachers. My father was a math teacher and my mom was a librarian. And so my grandmother, my, my uh, grandmother on my mother's side, she and my uh, grandfather watched me while they had to work. And one of the things that I liked to do was also having paper and pencil there drawing, but also watching my grandmother sewing things and on her big singer sewing machine that's like wooden and made of iron I was so intimidated wow. by that thing but I looking at her <laughs> but looking at her sewing I was like oh maybe I could put some things together and then every once in a while she would give me like a needle and thread to let, let me play around with sewing things onto my action figure the name of my brand is my name Perrin Allen so my first name being Perrin my mom came up with that name I was having a hard time trying to figure out what to name her very first baby boy because I, I've come from a, like, a, a family of sisters and and the story goes is that a, a student came in uh, one day into the library and uh, he came up with the suggestion why don't you call your son Perrin and it was like something that my mom had never heard of. <laughs> so she wanted something different for sure. <laughs> and she came up with Perrin <laughs> with the help of a, a student. <laughs> uh, and then Alan. Out to the um, student. <laughs> I wish I knew who that person was. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, I, it is, I, I play that, that idea in my head, like how that scene must have been like sometime <laughs> in the 80s. He must have had on like a cool outfit. I'm, I'm imagining that in my head. Anyway, then Alan comes from <laughs> comes from my uh, father. My, my father's uh, middle name is Alan. Mm-hmm. And um, his father's name was Alan. His first name was Alan. So Alan is my middle name. Uh, P.E. and then there's Perry Ellis. And so I didn't really, I wanted to differentiate myself in that degree if people wanted to just say P.E or something like that. And so I decided to go with Perrin Allen and it just felt right uh, and it stuck. <laughs> uh. And so like the aesthetic is, I like to think of it as my personality, um, blessed and highly flavored. So it has a bit of whimsical and look through books, the library with my mom. I always was like, I gravitated towards the art books. And my aesthetic is everything is artfully inspired. I get my references from like architecture or art and because post pandemic, the biggest things were always going to like the, the museums and uh, checking out inspiration. Just like people talk about going to the Met Museum, oh, just to see the fashion. But there's other things at the Met Museum. Yeah. There's, I could do a collection based on just a work of art, one work of art, just by looking at it and coming up with that being the one primary inspiration. But when you walk through the halls of the Met, you just get inspired. I love the Met. <laughs> and I just love being there. I really miss going, but as soon as things open up and things are a little bit more comfortable, I think they allow people yeah. into the Met right now, but I don't know. I, I want to wait it out. 
<laughs> I agree. I, I'm with you on that. So tell us about your edits line. What is that about? So edits. So edits came about because I had abundance of fabric. So I, I, I collect fabric. I'm, I had fabric all the way back from when I worked at Vera Wang and uh, things that they just got rid of that they didn't want. And then also the idea of just using things that I already have instead of buying more fabric, buying more threads, buying more buttons. I have tons of this stuff already. And so I always thought to myself, I am sitting on some cool things and I should probably do something with this. And then also taking things that are like dead stock from the gap or things that I find at thrift shops that are already pretty solid, just like finding a basic solid uh, block for a blouse or a button down shirt or jeans and then changing them up giving them a second life and then up, upgrading it a little bit with like silks and really nice fine fabrics to give it like a sustainable luxury feel to it and uh, and just giving things a new life instead of because people throw away garments all the time and uh, I feel like if you give your you can give your clothing a second life and a new chance of being expressive and exciting with a bit of uh flavor I like to think and give it another spin <laughs> how long have you been doing that oh that's something that I've always been doing especially for myself like I would have like old H&M shirts that didn't last too long or it had like a hole in it and so I was like I still love this shirt so maybe I'll patch it up with this really cool silk fabric and uh, and then also just like adding paint splatters to things give it a new twist as well and that's why the artfulness comes into play there too and giving things just that wonderful sustainability flair. What was your first fashion job? Oh, first fashion job ever? Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say Vera Wang, but the first job that I ever had that was dealing with fashion was Miss Ava's embroidery shop in Starkville, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, she was something else too. She she was really great. She, If you can imagine like a, a down-home lady with like short hair, sassy, and with glasses, and she plays her like easy, smooth listening jazz, and she's... <laughs> strutting, <laughs> strutting around and so that was Miss Ava and uh, she was something else and in Starkville Mississippi we had I went to Mississippi State University and if you're familiar with the Greek sororities and, and fraternities okay one of the things that they used to do all the time they wanted to have those jackets with the yes. Greek letters on them so we did all that kind of stuff for them uh, all the embroidery work and the iron on and so I, I helped Miss Ava get that out to uh to the masses, the Greek masses. <laughs> Greek masses. Were you yeah. in a fraternity? Yeah, I did. I pledged uh, Alpha, uh, not Alpha, Iota Phi Theta. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did for the most part, but it was really trying on my time as far as getting my degree done. I was like really active and trying to be like doing all the social justice work and helping out with all the things that they wanted to do. But then I also had a degree that I'm trying to fulfill and also trying to find an internship so I can get a job. <laughs> so it was a little trying, but I thought, I think about it at times, like when I have a hard deadline at the office at my job, and I'm like, this kind of feels like Rush or the fraternity. Kind of wow. And so I feel like it's, it gave me a leg up to figure out like, what's the next best thing to do? Don't panic. Life still goes on. It prepared me for the, the future of my life, I feel. Interesting. What was your internship? And then I want to talk about your time at Bear Wang. So at Mississippi State, they one of the things they make you do uh, for the fashion program is because I guess they think that it's good to have a foundation in business. And so it, with that fashion program, you have to get the minor in business. And so I took accounting <laughs> and all that stuff. I also did law. I had to take a law class, <laughs> law for business. And then, and so another thing that they want you to do is you have to get your own internship that's competitive. And so I really wanted to be in New York. And so I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know any professors that worked here or anything like that. And so I, I did all this like Googling and trying to figure out who can I contact. I, I contacted like Mark Jacobs, because if you go to the website to every organization, 
contact us, there's like HR at Mark, Mark Jacobs, or HR at Oscar de la Renta, and, and also HR at Vera Wang. But so it happened where it was coming to my senior year, and I had to find this intern. And so I tried all these different places, but then my mom suggested, why don't you try Vera Wang? Because I got these Vera Wang glasses. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it was like, I don't know if Vera Wang is ever going to want to contact me. And also, let me tell you, in the meantime, I also contacted Oprah because Vera Wang was on the Oprah show once. And I was like, Oprah, I wrote to Oprah. And then you get this like form letter from the people at Oprah. Like, Oprah really val values your email and she'll get back to you soon. If you're selected with that kind of thing, I wrote to Oprah trying to see, uh, cause you know, she was from Mississippi too. <laughs> and, and I was trying everything to try to get my way to New York. But then my mom did suggest the Vera Wang. And then, so I went on her website and I found it was just very generic. It's like HR at VeraWang.com. And within a month, I would say, because this happened, it was like that whole time when you're at, like you're going to college and then you have December uh, semester, you go home for December for Christmas. And then the next year was my senior year. And so I'm like, I'm already working on trying to figure out an internship. So it was like right after uh, January 1st of that year. And, and so I was like trying to figure things out. And uh, within a month, I got a reply back from Vera Wang at the HR department at Vera Wang. And so they were interested in getting to know me. And they, wow. I, I emailed them my resume, like what I had as a resume at the point, at that point anyway. And at that point, it was just Miss Ava. <laughs> it was just Miss Ava as my actual job at the Mississippi State of the University. And then I also got a minor in art. And so I sent some images over with like my sketches and my portfolio and everything. Uh, and then they were really interested. And so, and then just like that, other places started to come contact me. So I got an email back from uh, Zach Posen at the time, uh, a company called Rogan Jeans and, and then Vera Wang, of course. And so I was like, oh my God. So three people contacted me and they really wanted to do like an in-person face-to-face -face interview and just like looking at my, my, my uh, portfolio in person. And so when my, I mentioned all this to my mom, she was very excited and she made it so that she helped me fit financially figure out how I could get like a, a plane ticket to come to New York so I can do these interviews for these three places <laughs> and because she really believed in me. She really wanted me to shoot for the stars. She may not have been able, my parents may not have been able to afford FIT or Parsons and for me to come to New York to do fashion full-time and because uh, we like I said we know as we didn't know anybody in New York and it just felt like in the beginning it felt like an impossible dream but things worked out and um, I was able to do the the interviews for those three places I got two of those three places as far as internships I got the one at Vera Way and which I did on Monday Wednesday and Friday and then the other company was Rogan Jeans they since don't they don't they no longer exist as far as doing fashion I think they do like uniforms for like catering companies now <laughs> but and so I did that design internship on Tuesdays and Thursdays wow <laughs> and that was a summer in 2008 yeah so as soon as I graduated Mississippi State University I dived right into doing my internship that May and wow what a story okay so I guess looking back what advice would you give someone who is looking for an internship would that be your advice just email the HR if you're like if that's the only route you have unfortunately that's all I had at that moment some people think it's weird to try that and in this day and age I feel like everybody's looking at their emails now of course they're like especially with COVID happening I feel if you don't really know anybody you have to start somewhere and and then if you do know someone another thing that I, that I used to do or have done is uh go to the store I know that sounds weird and, and then start up a conversation with a couple of the sales associates and if they can lead you to the right direction like who's a HR person there they may get, be able to give you an actual name and then after that you see ask them if they can give you the HR person's name and you get the email and then there you go you're you're almost there email that way so in that degree, because like I, being in Mississippi, I didn't, there's no stores, there's no Vera Wang store. <laughs> and uh, I had no other option. And I just seized it. I had to get my way to New York some kind of way. <laughs> That's my question. In hindsight, if you were able to go to New York, 
would you then have gone to New York or would you have repeated the route that you took? I think I would have taken the route that I took because I, I think I appreciated a whole lot more now. Like my mom, my father, they sacrificed a lot for me to be where I am today. I, they didn't know anybody, like I said, and we found a realtor to help us find an apartment for me. <laughs> and then that was expensive. And um, it was like, and I, it was so crazy because we didn't even, I felt like I couldn't even trust this lady when I met her because she seemed shady too. <laughs> but it was like the, the strangest thing, but still it all came together and I learned so much from being able to go through all of that. It, it, it was, it's part of the journey. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on this journey and I'm trying to get to that destination, but I'm gonna enjoy all the little steps along the way because you meet people, you learn new things and things ain't always gonna be perfect. And then you may not even get things handed to you. Nothing is ever, I can firmly say nothing was ever handed to me. And everything I had that I have, I had to work for. Either that or it was just the grace of God and having family that supported me. Mm -hmm. I was listening to this podcast. It's called the Black, it's not called the, but it's the Black Girl Podcast. And oh. they had Bevy Smith on as a guest. And she gotcha. said that exactly. She said, she was like, there's, you have to enjoy every step of the process. You can't just work really hard, sleep zero hours, work really hard, sleep zero hours and repeat. repeat. That's, that defeats the entire purpose of doing all of this. You want to work hard, but you also want to have fun. <laughs> like, yeah, you also want to live. Because <laughs> you, you still have a life to live. Exactly. It's not, this is just, you're going to make, you're going to work really hard and do all these things and achieve it. And then you're going to have a life to live. It's no, life is happening as you're doing this. So you have to like have fun with it. And it just mm -hmm. rung so hard because I feel like sometimes you, especially when you're young, you just get so stuck. You get in this tunnel of, I have to keep, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go. I don't have time to go out, whatever. And then it's like, yep. I mean, oh, I was what? there too. Yeah, <laughs> five years pass by and sometimes you're still not at your goal and you're unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you survive in New York in the beginning of your career? What jobs did you work? Like, how did you <laughs> <be your> rent? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the thing is, so as far as survival goes, lots of prayer, but, but yeah, I didn't live in the city. I didn't live in Brooklyn. I lived in the Bronx. And mm -hmm. so I took, it took me maybe like an hour to get to the office every day, back and forth, two hours. So an hour to get to the office and an hour to go home. And I took a bus and then a train to get to my office. And so the rent wasn't as expensive as it could have been for me because of where I lived. And so I was able to juggle that as well as buy food for myself. I cooked for myself. I didn't go out as much. And then when I did go out, I really had to think thoughtfully about what I got. And I didn't drink as much as well <laughs> because <laughs> I, I knew that I still needed to, to save my money. And then also having the support of my mom. She was, I remember one time that I foolishly bought some Prada shoes instead of <laughs> paying my rent. <laughs> and I had to call because I was thinking like, oh, if, maybe if I do this, I could juggle this. And it didn't juggle out the way I thought. <laughs> it never does. Uh, yeah. So. I still got those shoes, but the whole, <laughs> I didn't get rid of them. Those shoes are like a story behind itself, but just like that whole situation. And, and then my mom, I'm talking to her on the phone, like really need you to send me this amount of money for my rent because I'm, I won't make it. <laughs> and she, what do you need now? She was so upset. <laughs> oh, but I had to tell her, I bought some shoes that I had no business buying shoes. I had no business buying those shoes. They were way too expensive. But the lessons you learn. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the lessons. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. Oh. But yeah, those were some times. My rent was pretty good. Everything, I was subletting uh, a really nice studio in, in the Bronx. And, and so my rent was like, it was $1,000 a month. <laughs> but still. <laughs> Uh, I still, I had to save every penny in order to make it. What do you do now, now that you're a little more established? <laughs> so I, I, you're living I, in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm working for a uh, boutique women's wear brand and they gross about $70 million a year. I've been working for that company for about six years now. 
And this is the one that I got furloughed and then they called me back, which is a, a testament and a blessing in its own. <laughs> wow. You know? What emotion do you feel the most usually during the week? Oh, excited. <laughs> if you could see the insides of my mind, when I just look at fabric and I, I get like an inspiration that spark, it just sparks an idea in my head. I, I wake up sometimes thinking about fabric and like what I could do with that and how I can manipulate it or change it in some kind of way just to add it to something that I already have, like changing a jacket up, making it a hard jacket into something that's soft and flowing just by adding a different element of fabric and adding a dart or taking the collar away and changing it up and adding a puff sleeve. It's just, it's like a romantic dance. I think of it sometimes and I get excited every time I think about like the things and the possibilities I could do. <laughs> yeah. How long does it usually take to make, to complete a piece like a top? Um, a top. Okay. Um, I would say Depending on the amount of detail, I could probably finish that within a day or so. D depending on the detail, it could be less than that. <laughs> How often do you like go back to that one piece that you completed and change it? Every once in a while, I oh my husband, he looks at me because I, I, I can. He's he's very instrumental. He's the one who takes the photos. <laughs> for my website we had a discussion not a discussion but he's you can't just keep changing things because he had taken a picture of something for the website i don't know if you noticed on my instagram we figured out how to incorporate the product and incorporate the product into my instagram account and so like you can start buying directly from the website yeah. through yeah as i the i deconstructed a blazer and changed up i took the sleeves off essentially and so now it's this waistcoat that's like long and exaggerated and so i was like thinking of other ways that make people would make someone more interested in. and i was like oh maybe if i add a pocket square okay <laughs> but he's you can't keep doing this i just took the picture for this thing and so, <laughs> so i mean every once in a while i do get an idea and i'm like oh can maybe if i change this up or add this but sometimes you just have to draw the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, yes. What do you love the most about yourself? Oh, let me see. I love my Southern accent, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah, you know what? I used to watch a lot of British television, and so I started trying to change my accent, but that's just so phony. When I first got to New York, uh, and I'm like, trying to talk all proper and everything because I always had this thing in, in, in the back of my head. I still feel it now. I think about it like this person, these people are going to think I'm like, I don't know nothing because I'm a country bumpkin or whatever. But I feel like it's, it goes along with my sincerity and my kindness. That's just the way I was raised. I just don't know any other way to be. And I'm more of my comfortable self when I speak in my Southern way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I feel like that's more genuine. <laughs> mannerisms are very much southern comfort <laughs> and I, you know i try to hide really? that. I it hide makes it. me comfortable <laughs> yeah and that's the thing about it who said as marianne williamson she said something along the lines i'm gonna misquote her i know but it's like you being you essentially you being yourself and bringing that light out of yourself just makes other people feel more comfortable and want to do the same thing makes them want to be more of themselves and therefore you guys spreading that joy and that love and that's what I want to bring with my clothing and my fashion line is like saving the world one garment at a time by just helping people feel comfortable and loving themselves yeah. just pure. snaps for that well <laughs> I am from the south as well but I'm from Miami I like to say I'm from Miami not Florida oh. <laughs> I see. I would love to go to Miami. I've never been to Miami. Oh, you have to go. Not now, because <laughs> over there. I don't know what's happening. Probably similar to Mississippi, very lax. It might be. <laughs> just not realizing what is happening around them, but maybe a few years. <laughs> I, whatever I think of Miami, I think of uh, that Golden Girls episode. Miami is nice. So I'll say it thrice. Have you have you seen that? I've never seen that. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Go and Google it. <laughs> I, we were just me and my boyfriend were just having a conversation about we weren't having like a full conversation, but we were saying like people love the Golden Girls. 
and you're one of them. Um, oh my gosh, I have a memory when my when I had to have surgery when I was younger, freshman year, and my father was in the the hospital with me, and I was like, "Can you turn it to lifetime, please?" <laughs> <laughs> and you want he was like. You want to watch these old videos? And I said, yes. It makes me feel good. It's something about it. And I also tell, I tell everybody, I tell my husband George about this too. It's something about the colors that they use, the lighting in the show and the garments that, the, that all of them wore. Everything had a special color, a hue of it, a hue of color that just made you feel comforted and safe. And um, it was amazing. <laughs> So I'm a firm believer that the colors and everything, it's just like it goes back to inspiration. I'm sure that there was a designer, somebody on set that just, you know what, this just makes me think of this. This makes me feel like my grandmother me. And they just probably implemented that throughout the entire series. Yeah. <laughs> and, I remember I used to watch, I watched a few episodes because it would come on at Nick at night and mm -hmm. catch it at night, but I never got into the Sorry, the cultiness. <laughs> the Golden Girls that a lot of people have. People are like, die hard, Golden Girls. I don't have the DVD box set or anything like that, but <laughs> I do love, I love me some Golden Girls every once in a while. <laughs> did you have a mentor growing up or did you have someone who influenced you throughout your personal life? I would say my mother. For the most part, she was, I, I was very shy when I was a kid. And really? then she, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't believe me. <laughs> I was like the quintessential little boy hiding behind your, his mother's uh, dressing gown. <laughs> like when people, when, when I had like far distant cousins about my age that would come over and wanting to play, I would hide from them because I didn't want to, oh, they're so aggressive. That's too much. <laughs> I just felt like it was just too much extra. Why are they wanting to rough house? And, oh, but yeah, God, but I could say my mom because she, no matter how sensitive I was, she always felt that I was just fine the way I was. Hmm. And, um, she had this really cool sense of humor too. She would say things in like Southern accents and just, you ought to know better than that, stuff like that and everything. I just think about that constantly. It, it, my mother, no, she's no longer living. She died from uh, breast cancer. And I'm not every day she's on my mind and every day and everything that I do. So I feel like she's still an influence in my life in everything that I create. She sacrificed a lot for me to even be here today where I am. And so I owe my life to her. And I just want to make sure that I live the fullest potential that I can to make her memory stronger. So it wasn't in vain. an introvert or an extrovert oh child let me see <laughs> it's so funny because when you take that Myers have you heard of the Myers-Briggs type indicator test no it's that one where you're like an INFP or something introvert I took it in college so the thing is I took that the type indicator in college because it, it, it's like an aptitude test so you can figure out like what you're good at mm -hmm. Maybe you'll be better at a job that's more creative. I didn't really need anybody to tell me that, but it was cool to take the test. And then it, they, it, so you take the test and you see how you, you factor out. And so it's like either an, N, an I, N, F, whatever. And so in the beginning, my first initial was the I as being introvert. And they explain after you take the test that you can, your things can happen in your life where you can change and grow. And so after I, like after that was a freshman year, I took that class and I took that test. Then after that, maybe it was my senior year or south, not sophomore, but more junior. I took the test again and it was like no longer introvert, but extrovert. So my, the, the beginning initial was the E and I was like, really? <laughs> because the way you answer questions, like, so I, it would be like questions, would you enjoy going to this party or would you rather stay home that kind of a thing so it, it all circled around like those kind of like questions and I guess I wanted to go to the party <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, so I, I say all that to say I think I evolved 
yeah. after it happens. Yeah, life happens to you and you evolve. Like I said, I knew nobody in New York. I had to make my own friends. I had to establish my own relationships. And so you got to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I consider myself an introvert, very much an introvert, but I I have like grooves of when sometimes I am an extrovert, but I've come to realize it depends on the person because uh-huh. just like you, like with when you're younger and your cousins, I do, <laughs> I take in people's energy. I got you. I'm like a portal of just like taking <laughs> so when someone's too much I find myself that I am like I don't know what to do here I don't know how to interact <laughs> with this person because it's just a lot but when the energy of the person is good I tend to be like blah 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 mm-hmm. I have so much yeah, to yeah. I have so much to relate to yeah and that's uh, that goes back to that whole Marianne Williamson thing where I was saying about how you you're genuine and kind you can you t- turn that switch and then all of a sudden everybody feels great about what you're doing and you're having this connection and it's mutual and it's it just that's I feel that's how life should be and we should be growing and learning from each other instead of bashing and hating on people that's just not where I want to come from So to wrap it up, because I know I've taken up a bit of your time and I I get it. (laughs) Let's see. The only thing I want to do is go to the flower shop. (laughs) That's beautiful. uh, Do you have a lot of plants in your apartment? Oh, yeah. See, the thing is, another partnership that I have with my husband. Oh, I love flowers and I love plants, but I'll kill them. Uh, (laughs) Like, I'm a killer. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And it's funny, like when I first joined my church, it's been like, I've been going to this church for like 10 years now. But when you become a member, they give you a, a, a potted plant it's, and they call it your faith plant. And at first when George met me, it was dying. My faith was dying. <laughs> but it's so funny. It's, I should, there should be a whole blog post about this. Like he started pruning it and touching it up. And now I'll send you a picture. Now this plant is like, all over the wall and in the window and my faith has grown <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> but yeah I, we do have lots of plants <laughs> so would you say that it's your husband who takes care of the plants? yes, yes. <laughs> it's totally him <laughs> all him <laughs> uh, see i my partner and i like we both don't know how to take care of plants like oh, at goodness. all it is such a struggle and I really want to be I want to have that New Yorky <laughs> plants all over I find it so cute and also just like relaxing like that it's is beautiful. something that I would love to sit in a room with just like plants I feel like I my energy would just be so different than just mm. like bare walls Oh yeah. But on the flip side, I have no idea how to water a plant, how to like <laughs> take care. I just don't know what like we had a moment. I think it was like maybe four months into the pandemic. I was like, all right, Michael. <laughs> I got plants. We have time now, so we can take care of it. We can look it up. We can do what we gotta do. Yeah. Oh. What about a succulent or two? We bought and supposedly we bought like the easiest plant and we still, I still killed it. We bought oh. the, the spider one. It has like mm-hmm. arms and then it has a stripe. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Oh, those like, are lovely. They're really nice, but supposedly you're not supposed to like really do much to it. So I didn't do much to it. Tell me about it. I've been there too. Like they tell you, don't, yeah, the wallet. Like, okay, don't tell me that. Cause it just goes. <laughs> don't tell me that. Cause you <laughs> don't do nothing to it. <laughs> And come to find, like, months later, it was just dying. Like, you just saw it, like, just brown up and shrivel up. And I was like, well, this (laughs) can't work. (laughs) Keep trying. You never know. Something may stick. My my husband, George, he has taken plants from Mississippi from not this past time, but, like, a plant that my sister gave us, like, a piece of. He since propagated it. Now it's, like, growing all over that the apartment now. It's, like... He's, I feel like he has a green thumb, but I also yeah. want to just encourage you to keep trying. You never know. You might look up on something. 
because yeah. having plants in the house even if it's like going to a bodega getting a couple flowers every once in a while it changes your environment and just yeah. makes you feel inspired exactly and i that's been one of my biggest struggle with our current apartment i just feel like it's just very static like there i wanted the plant to like give some dynamics some breathing some life literally yeah. and it <laughs> just didn't pan out but hopefully with our next apartment <laughs> <laughs> the question that I posed to you was how often do you give praise to someone or give someone a compliment? Pretty often, even like strangers on the street. Really? Because this, I notice things a lot. Like, I, oh, I love the way her hair looks. Or I haven't seen this lady. Uh, yesterday, I was just thinking, I was walking from the train, and I normally see this lady that I walk past. And I said to myself, oh, she always has makeup on, and she looks so nice. And I wonder if I say something to her, that she'll be like, oh, this guy is crazy. Because, you know, now we're wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I wanted to say something like that to her. But she was walking, probably on her way to work. But other any other day, like, another moments like I would compliment a lady saying oh I love your outfit I love the way you styled that and, and you never know like it I know for me when people say oh I like your the way you dress I like the way you have something on it just changes my mood all of a sudden it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> it kind of takes me onto like cloud nine all the way up into the office on my wherever am I going on that day and so I feel like giving a compliment is just something that we all should do <laughs> you how to take a compliment i worked on that for a while now back in the day i used to just be like oh my mom she always had this kind of great smile i get it from her or oh i got these on sorry it's like a way of diminishing it oh i these didn't cost that this much i got it from the real something like that but lately i've been just like thank you so much <laughs> just leave it at that because Sometimes people are shy because I, I know I can be it sometimes too. Like it may have taken them a lot of energy to say that one little thing yeah. to you. And so don't diminish it. Just be like, thank you. I take that in. I really appreciate that. And just leave it at that. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that people, it does take a lot. <laughs> it does. Cause I know like when I do say something to someone out in public, you're right. It, I'm like actually like working up. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. I'm just going to say it because I really do what she's wearing or I like mm -hmm. what she has on or whatever. And I feel like there's a moment where you're just staring at them and then it's like, <laughs> okay. <blah. laughs> and you know, and another thing too, is that I have been doing like these shots on my Instagram. I used to, I haven't been doing it lately because I have a separate account for like style in the wild, mm. my separate Instagram that I that I started a while ago. And so I've been getting like up the energy and the, uh, the enthusiasm to ask people, can I take a photo of your outfit and put it on my Instagram? And so I think about that from time to time. And I say, what, if I don't do it, I may not get this opportunity again. So if you've looked at my story within the last couple of days, you'll see, because I've also been going like inspiration shopping and out and about and um, getting inspiration for like the next coming season for spring. And so we've been like going out to different places. And sometimes you see somebody and you're just like, wow, those pants. <laughs> and so it's, it comes this, it's a double whammy now. So now I have to be, oh, not so weird, but then weird. Can I take a picture? I love your outfit. But then you have to, I also tell them, oh, I'm a designer. So this is what I do. And then sometimes people are like, I got you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and then they feel so great about themselves. Yeah. So I did that uh, what, the Thursday. A, a gentleman, when I was in Soho, he was like, oh, I already know. Yeah. <laughs> because he was ready. So. That's, I took a trend analysis class at FIT like two oh, years cool. ago. Yeah, it was one of my favorite classes. It actually almost changed like the trajectory I wanted to go. Cause I obviously, like I mentioned, I worked at Lauren Taylor on the merchandising side, but I yeah. almost was like, oh, maybe I want to be a trend analysis. Maybe I want to yeah. get into that role because my yeah. teacher was just awesome. Like she was just like, she was working in the industry and that's why I loved FIT. And I was very grateful to take classes there because all of the instructors were still ingrained in the, in the industry. Yeah. industry as a whole. Like, 
still working in it, still like practicing in it, still everything. And sorry, I can't think of it on the top of my head, but she actually worked at one of like the top trend agencies. Uh She was like a director. She had some head job and she actually told us to do that. And so one of our classes, that's what we did. We actually went out and we were just Mm -hmm. taking pictures of people on the street because that is where you get a lot of really good inspiration. Yeah. And we at the time when I was in school like we I had that nice little like caveat I was like oh but I'm a student I'm not a creeper I'm a student (laughs) and I remember I thought that was really cool because that was part of the job of being like a trend analysis most of her job she told us was literally just going on walking and just taking photos of anything and everyone that you saw Mm. passing by so you can take it back to the office and just stick it on a board and start creating like your mood board or whatever yeah um, I love that. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was. I was like, "This is an awesome job." Like, <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh! And another thing that I love to do post-pandemic, of course, is going to restaurants and just like seeing what people are wearing, like going to the Upper East Side and then looking at the people and just like having tea or something and just like sitting there and just observing. And I'm not taking photos, but just like looking <laughs> and like getting that that in that atmosphere and seeing what the girl or the ladies are, are wearing. And for now, the, the stuff that I've been doing has been like mostly unisex. And so like also looking at what guys are wearing and looking at what women are wearing and how to combine the two. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'm so happy you brought that up because I, I don't see specifically clothes for men. Mm-hmm. women I see just clothes and I see gotcha. both men and women models in them which I love because I personally yeah. am someone who loves wearing men's wear as well as a woman mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah as far as like gender goes I, I purposely I wear everything I everything that I create I, I put it on myself I, they, I there is even a two-for dress that I came up with like a sweatshirt and I added the skirt from a dress and I combined them just to make sure the proportion was right, I put it on the other day and I had my husband look at me and see, is that the right proportion? <laughs> but to be fair, honestly, I have been doing a lot of things centered around like what I would wear. But most recently I've been selling items at a, a local boutique who's been like really great at like supporting up and coming designers. And the funny thing about it, lots of women have been buying my stuff and not guys. Okay. And so there you have it. I mean, I totally feel comfortable with having both and representing both. And I, the idea for my upcoming photo shoot is to have a guy and a girl in it and then like interchanging the outfits and then just styling it in a different way and giving options. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, why limit yourself? I love ruffles and I have a couple of ruffle shirts on my website now that I feel like a guy or a young lady can totally rock. I love it. I, I love seeing it. Cause like I, in one, one reason why I did started noticing it because on my website, I have like a very small directory. It's not like everything black owned.com directory. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> it is my very small directory that I'm still working on, but it was hard for me to, because I started doing the categories as like women's men's. I started doing that sort of categorization. And it was hard because there were a lot of brands like no longer right. have a specific men's or women's clothing line. So yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. So actually, in fact, my unisex section is probably my bigger section gotcha. than my other ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm thinking about how and where because I, I like to think about this kind of stuff like how and when that transition like mm-hmm. happened how did it become okay and so I kind of think it started with the pink dress shirt for guys back in college every guy that I knew was wearing pink all of a sudden including myself it became okay to wear pink and then all then things just trickled down from yeah. college and then now we're guys are wearing fingernail polish. I, I had a, a time when I was like painting my nails with it sparkly, but of course I didn't want to do it myself. I had to go somewhere <laughs> to get it done because I felt like I wouldn't do a good job. And so I went to one of the local places here, but, but it's like all these great things are happening. <laughs> uh, ruffles are okay for guys. If you, I'm sure you've seen the Gucci ads and all the wonderful stuff that they're doing, but it's just, it's giving everybody the opportunity to just like, freely express themselves and so I'm all about it add a bit of ruffle add some color do all the things that you want to do that's what fashion is supposed to be about 
it's supposed to be about fun and expression and you gotta seize it and then life is for the living <laughs> live it up add a ruffle <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna that's the name adam a ruffle that's the name of this episode <laughs> i often say to myself to my husband and everybody i meet it's like inspiration is just like everywhere it's all around us and it's just i get so excited just by thinking about it and what can i do next and how can that influence my next creation it's it's, it's magical i love it <laughs> What would be advice that you would give anyone who wants to be in the fashion industry? Because it is a monster of an industry. <laughs> it is. It will bite you. Number one, find what you love to do all the research, Google everything, look at all the things that you want to do, and then start from there and find that thing that makes you happy, that sparks joy within you. Because if you have that spark, you can do that and then have somebody else work with you and then still spark and shine no matter what. Because all these outside influences will happen. You'll have a boss, I'm sure, that may not be the best of bosses, but still you have that spark. You have that idea in your head that this is what I wanted to do and it'll just keep you driven. And so I just say, just find out what you really love about this industry and then go from there. It's also just like having that great support system too. I know I had it, like find yourself a mentor. Back at, at my old job, I had this great mentor. He was the CEO at Ellen Tracy, uh, Mark Mendelson. He was like really great at showing me how things work as a designer and all the things that I should be knowing. I didn't know at the time. And so it was great to have that. Just maybe having a mentor, having somebody that you could talk to. I, I wish I had that back when I was at uh, Mississippi State. I had great teachers who told me all the great things that they knew, but just having somebody that works actually in the industry that does the thing is a great asset as well. Yes, I totally agree. I think yeah. I learned that in my later days. I'm not mm -hmm. as young as I look, but I, <laughs> I didn't have a mentor when I was younger and coming out of college or like my first few years out of college. I didn't have that. I have a mentor now at this age mm -hmm. and, and that's great too. appreciate her <laughs> so much and even she even acts as just sometimes not a therapist but just like a board for me to just with just my issues that are happening in my work life or whatever or to have somebody that you can talk to exactly like you know <laughs> exactly someone who has your best interest but is still in a sense like non-biased i agree so great advice get a mentor <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna end it on that. This has been like the highlight of my day so far. <laughs> good, good. I wanted this to be very easy. Thank you so much again. <laughs> oh, thank you for your time. This has been wonderful. I hope you have a great rest of your Saturday and I will speak to you soon. Wonderful. Thank Bye. you, Brianna. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Be well. Me too. I was a late bloomer, which I would recommend to anybody. I was gonna ask, yeah. are you a late bloomer in other aspects? 100%. We're family. Thanks for listening to the episode. Music is brought to you by MC Ghost Kid. Bye bye. <laughs>